welcome back to the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. Uh, this is for episode 603. Do we have a title on 603? No, we don't yet as we're recording. Oh, but it's going to be a great title. It's going to be one that, that you all know by this point. And, um, it's called, oh shit, no! <laughs> <laughs> that, is definitely, that is definitely how I felt. And uh, that was also definitely the voice of our co-host, Kelly Dixon. Hi, everybody. Great hey. to be here. It's great to see you, Cal. Thanks. Also with us, as always, is uh, not only uh, our co-pilot on the show, but also the editor of this episode in his second solo editing uh, credit on primetime television, Joey Reinish. Hello. Yay, Joey. Yay, Joey. And uh, as always, we have uh, the co-creators and executive producers of the show, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould. Yay, Hello. Yay! What's happening? Hey now! Hey now! <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, we we Peter, we we do have uh, Joey does have sound effects. By the way, before you got on that first Zoom, uh, we have uh, we we may have transitioned into full morning zoo. Uh, it's time. So that's that's a nightmare. I'll cue you when it goes when it should go. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting. We'll get that cue. Yeah, we're waiting. <laughs> we also need the we need the we, old car that goes haruga because or 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 maybe nothing. for the next introduction you need more of a drum roll. Special guests here. And you so you've already heard his voice. That is the writer director of this episode, a Gordon Smith. Yay! Hello. Yay! Yay. And we have a, an extremely special guest. We have the man, the legend, everybody's favorite nacho. Michael Mando is here. Yay! Yay! All right, Michael Mando. Michael, Michael Mando, who yesterday when I was watching the episode, I was like, what the, what, no way! <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I'm lucky I, had to, I get to work with Gordon on this. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that I was yeah. lucky enough to work with him. It's a... No, no, it's, it's, Team effort. Teamwork, dream work. <laughs> Gordon, did you write this and direct this? I did. I did. Fuck. Damn, man. Did a hell of a job. Great job. It's it, it, I, it's so... To it's cut that so part hard. out of the podcast where I gave him a compliment. Make sure that's gone. It makes him so uncomfortable. Just put in... Just have Joey put in the boing effect. Yeah, yeah put the boing effect. Yeah, if anybody yeah, says anything nice, <laughs> just throw in auga. Be fine. This is this is kind of the climax. This first these first three episodes are kind of the the Nacho movie starring yeah. Michael. I mean, it's it's uh, and it, it's bringing it to a, a, a shattering. I just find this I find this episode shattering every time I see it. It's, yeah. it ugh, oh my god. Yeah. And Michael, what what an amazing you know you you your ears must have been burning I'm sure because for months we're in the editing room saying what an amazing job you did and oh, what, yeah. what incredible I I'm so excited by the time people hear this uh, they will have seen seen your work because I think you are going to get uh, so much love for this I think it's it's uh, you're going to be very I, it's it's really it's remarkable absolutely I agree. Thank you so much. I, I, I honestly feel, um, I, I remember it started when I was doing the um, stuff with Michael and especially with Vince when we were doing the shootout scene in episode two. I remember looking at the footage. I wasn't even on, like it was, it had nothing to do with me. You were shooting kind of inserts of the gun going off into the sky. And I remember turning to, I don't know who was with me. And I said, I, I, I'm so lucky to get to be in this. 
and that, and that, that's really how I how I feel about this whole this whole show and especially this this season. So um, I'm I'm the lucky actor who stupidly stumbled upon working with great people. So thank you. Uh, we, you crushed it, man. It's just I, I can't. I, you know what? This is a perfect segue to Kelly, who is the person who who is the newest to all of this. And by the way, when we were doing that podcast for six hundred two, I realized. I mean, this is like the perfect. You are the perfect foil now. I mean, you always were, but it's like, so what, how did, I mean, what was it, I mean, jumping to the ending, I mean, you know, what was, I mean, how does that, what does that feel like watching that happen? You're asking me this? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm really glad that you said jumping to the end because that was kind of where I sort of wanted to jump to because I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that I, that we got all of it and work backwards because Mm -hmm. now we've seen a lot of, a lot of what's going to the end, we've seen it in episodes one, two, and three. So, um, I, I mean, I never saw, let's put it this way. The first answer, I never saw this coming. Um, the second thing is, I want to talk about this later with Gordon, but honestly, the teaser metaphor is, was absolutely beautiful. I, I wrote it in my notes. But jumping straight to the end, I'm really curious, Michael, how much did you know of what was going to basically happen at the end? That's what I'm curious about. You know, did you know? I mean, you know, because look, all during this whole, you know, uh, uh, I guess the whole, the total sum of all the stuff that, you know, we've all done, and I'm going to consider myself a we as part of it, from Breaking Bad on, there were, you know, we talked to Brian about this as well. How much did you know? You know, so I'm curious on this one. Michael, how much did you know about what was going to basically happen in those last moments? Did you know all of it or was there ever a question? What do you mean like did I know that this is how it was going to end or did I know that this is... I'm not exactly sure about the, um, what to answer to. Are you saying like did I know that it was going to end like that? Or no, I, I I didn't. I think my biggest surprise was that um, the character to me ends up being kind of like a romantic character that sort of believes in an ideal, and this ideal that he believes in is sort of this the saint figure in his in his mind, which is his father, and he becomes a sort of tragic, heroic, but especially a romantic figure. And I I didn't know that I, when starting off the season, I had no idea that this character was going to be such a romantic and that he was going to look at self-sacrifice as being the most pure and honorable thing that he could do. And especially for him to want to do it for something that he considers as pure, at least from the way he looks at it, he thinks his father is basically a saint and that for him to, to give his life to his father and to approach that with so much courage and with no regret or self-pity or, or, um, or second guessing himself and, and, and feeling that that is the most honorable thing to do was a total surprise to me. And it actually made put everything in perspective. Like looking back, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. I look back and I go, of course, that's who he was all along. But um, sometimes it takes, it, it takes, I think, what I learned is it takes the ending of the character to truly understand who he is. That's very well put. That's really well put, yeah. yeah. When we... <sighs> Peter, we called when when I am blanking out here. When when did when did you hear? Because you you knew that the character was going to come to an end before you read the script, right? We had had Peter. Did you and I call? 
Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. That's right. Tell, yeah. Talk about that, Peter. Talk about that, Michael. It's you know we always want to give context uh, for 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 something like this, and uh, you know we don't usually uh, call, so sometimes I, I you know I worry that when we call them, it's always it's always uh, uh, big news. But this, it's uh, you know, it's it's respectful, uh, and so I, I believe we called you before the season even started shooting. Yes. Uh, to talk about to talk about this, uh, you know, this arc that you know we've been on this journey we've been on with this character, and and Michael, I you know I I just remember you being so thoughtful and quiet and asking such smart questions. Uh, but what was it like for you? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I've, I've, I came into this show never having got, done a, a television show like this, like where I start off at season one and I go all the way to the end. The closest thing I ever did was like a season and three episodes on another show. And so I had never really experienced that. But I, you hear about that call. I know Michael McKean told me once. He, I think he was driving and he pulled over. I think I, if I remember correctly, That's his story was he was driving on the, in the desert and he pulled over or something like that. And and uh, he got the call. So I knew, and then I heard, I saw Jonathan Banks talk about it in Breaking Bad. So I knew that 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 was a thing when you get the call and you go, okay, this is the call. <laughs> and, and and I always, it's kind of like winning the Oscars. You go, well, how am I going to react when that when that happens? You know, <laughs> what's my speech going to be? You know, gosh, so, yeah, I guess uh, it would what, be like that, wouldn't it? It, it? Yeah, it feels like one of those things. And I think I Melissa called and she, I, it, I was in Montreal. It was the winter time, and she said, uh, "I'm going to call you back with Vince and Peter." And I said, "It's one of two things. It's either they're going. Uh, actually, it's, it can't be one of two things. It's got to be one thing. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the end of it." And I knew, and I think I felt an immediate sense of gratitude. That's really the first thing that said. I said, "God, I got. I'm so lucky to have been on this, and um, I'm so lucky to have been on all six seasons." And I would just, I was kind of like. Um, excited to say thank you, really, <laughs> and uh, I hope that it. it I hope that um, I hope I, I I can give you everything that you want to in the final season. Wow, man, Jesus, you sure did. God yeah, mighty. I mean, Jesus, that, there's some of the you've given us such fine acting, Michael, throughout the whole run of this series. But I I think oh, yeah. the finest, the two finest moments, and this is saying a lot because we just did the podcast for six oh two just just a few minutes before doing this one and. Uh, and we talked to your ears. What it must, as Peter said, your ears must have been burning. But we we're talking about all the great acting you do in that one. But the two finest moments, as great as all that stuff is, the the the, the end scene of this episode is tremendous. Mm-hmm. But then also, the quieter moment, the one that gets me every time, is the one of your final phone call with your dad. That I think mm-hmm. to me, that's the finest moment of acting uh, that you've ever done for us. And and. Uh, and that's saying that's that's saying a lot, because I mean it just it's just, I mean, I can't even imagine what the show would have been like without you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Vince. I love that moment so much. And like when 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 Joey and I were looking at the the dailies, and just trying to figure out what the performance to to put in, because uh, there were so many options. And there's this moment when you hang up, and I remember when we were doing it live. There's a moment where you're kind of breaking down and crying and it kind of crushes down and then you laugh. Just a little like, oh my God. It's this like rueful little, 
my fucking life moment. Oh, really? And it's... That's great. It's so good. It's so... Because it, it's like, it's it's kind of the demarcation of like moving on to the next thought, which is much darker. But it's this 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 moment that that's just like, I don't know. It, 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 was, a, it was an incredible moment because it's not scripted. It's not... It's not there. It was just something that came out of you because you were so in it and so like kind of moving through those emotions. Uh, It's it's really great. Well, one thing I just have to ask, uh, uh, because I think the audience listening to this will want to know, Michael, have you seen? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. This episode. (laughs) No, I I haven't. You know, I I, I did some ADR um, and I haven't seen anything and I wanted to see as little as possible in the ADR. The, the memory of shooting these episodes was so special to me that I, I'm, I'm so scared to see it because the memory, it was just so, it was so special. And, and Gordon, I have to say it again, so much of it has to do with the fact of how comfortable we were working together and, and, and how open it was. And, and um, you know, I, I think uh, I really have to, you know, remove my hat to you and say thank you for, um, for that, really. No, of course. I mean, thank, thank you. You were, you were there. And like, I think... I know it, t- it took you, I think it took you some time to like, trust me that I was like, that we were there together and we were on the same page, but I, I wouldn't trust like, Gordon either. I know. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. It goes without saying. He's like, you're going to dip into this and then you're yeah. going to puke and then you're going to yeah. put a gun to your head. Trust me. It's great. It's great. Now, now's a good time for a boy. But, but I feel like, yeah, eventually I feel like we, you, we came to like kind of work and trust with trust each other and then we could kind of build something which yeah i i i hope people like well you know it's a part of what we do in these things is oh you're so great oh you're so great oh you're so great but and and it's all true but uh <laughs> in all honesty michael i mean was this fun to shoot and and i i, I it doesn't mean you're not fun is a whole different thing i mean was it did you enjoy this or was it painful because, because I mean, and it's okay. I think it's okay if it was, but I mean, was it, was it, was it kind of, what was it, what were you feeling every day on the set, especially through those big, big scenes, especially the final scene? Well, um, honestly, Vince, it, it really was a special time for many, many reasons. First of all, I feel like I got to, I got, I, I had the opportunity kind of Gordon and I got the, we were handed sort of the keys to the Lamborghini, you know, the, to the show. <laughs> and we, and, 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 and you and, and you and Peter were going, take it for a ride. And we're like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do your little episode and, and come back, <laughs> bring it, bring it back in one piece. And it really was like it. a dream for me because I got to do, I got to sort of feel what it was like to be a leading man in a way. And and be like, okay, I get to I get to speak to the director about this. I get to speak to the writer about this. And more importantly than anything, I I, I have the whole crew looking at me for leadership. And that position to me is something that that is like a full circle moment, um, because I remember when break when we started, Breaking Bad had just finished, and I remember people had tattoos of Breaking Bad, and the 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 sort of shadow of Brian Cranston was still there and i felt this guy people loved this guy not just because he was a great actor but the way he made everybody feel on set and the 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 camaraderie and the friendship and the way he looked he looked out for everybody and bob and i had a lot of this conversation of like what is it like and what kind of different types of leading men are there and stuff so i took it upon myself to make the crew feel as as happy as i could 
and as excited as I could. And that sense of responsibility for me was invigorating. It was like, you know, like a thousand watts going through my body. I got to do the scene and I want to, you know, I want to treat the crew to, to ice cream and I want to, I want to make sure everybody's having a good time. And I want to, I, I get to have a conversation with the director. So it really was, I think like, um, it was like the, the highlight of, of, of my time on the show because especially of that some of the scenes were difficult like the i remember the scene we shot with uh, the father the the father the scene we're talking about on the phone i remember when it ended and gordon said i think we got it he goes how do you feel and i go i don't know <laughs> i don't mm. know how i felt and i remember driving home feeling uncomfortable and then it hit me that the the scene has no resolution and that's why that's why it leaves you with a sense of discomfort because you're going you can't ever say what you really want to say and there's no, there's no closure. So that that was just I I think that's when I really understood, really what the scene was because I it, it was so uncomfortable because there's no closure. So there were moments like that that felt difficult driving home, going oh fuck I never get to, I never really get to say goodbye. But I also realized that that's great writing and and that's you know that's what makes it so good. But it, it, all in all, I would say it was my favorite experience. Okay, I want one quick follow up. Juan Carlos, uh, Juan Carlos Cantu, who plays your dad. God, what a wonderful actor! Yeah. This is just like from a fan's point of view. Myself, was he, was he there when you shot that scene, or was who were you reading <laughs> against for the phone call? <laughs> that's so. Fun. That's a good question. I actually, I it's weird. I didn't want to read it with anybody there. So that um, John Carlo, um, Mike, uh, Jonathan Banks, and Juan Carlos Cantu were not there for any of the phone calls. Oh. And 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 they and it they at Rich the AD asked me he said do you want him there and I said you know what no, um, and the reason why is I think I felt Juan Carlos Cantu's character doesn't really know at this point any of the th the things that I'm going through, and Juan Carlos himself doesn't know what I'm going through, and it, what was interesting it reminded me of a scene in the direction you gave me Vince in your episode by the way just so you know we we were quoting you a lot Gordon and I when we were shooting, we, it, it was like, I kept going like Vince did this thing that I want to imply, you know, Vince taught me this thing. And we were kind of like, I was seeping in everything that, that I learned from you and trying to inject it into the episode, Gosh. like really specific moments that Gordon and I could recall to that. I was like, I did this on two and I'd like to do a version of this on this. And, um, it was one of those things. I remember when you had me call Ray, uh, Tyrus, you were telling me, the eyes are doing one thing, but the voice is doing something else. You remember that, Vince? Yeah, I do. In the in the scene where you're talking to the watcher in six oh two. Yeah. Where you're you're performing for for Tyrus when you're on the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it, i I kind of was really inspired by that note and I said to Gordon, I said it it'd be more interesting if the the father just hears the voice but has no idea what's actually going on, mm -hmm. where I am, what I look like, or anything like that. And, and that's why Rich, the AD, ended up reading it. And he's a funny character with a nice, deep voice. <laughs> and it, it sounds nothing like my father. And it was, <laughs> and it was great because it, it, it had that disconnect. Oh, that's interesting. I did, not, I did not know that was going to be the answer. Hey, Kelly, I'm so sorry. What, what were you going to say? Dude, it's y'all's show. <laughs> it's your, it's your, your, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you, Kelly. I appreciate that. I have so many questions, and my mind is just kind of going all different places. You know me, though. I like to talk about symbolism. I like to talk about metaphor. I, I like to, but I guess the first question that I have is none about none of that. Did you? Is this a situation where you didn't let anybody see the end of the like that last scene? 
Is this a situation where there was a redaction for anybody or, or was it just out there with the script? Ooh, gosh, I don't know. If, I don't think we... <laughs> I, I, I'm just th- curious. I'm sure we practiced as good a hygiene as we could, but usually like the, everybody needed to kind of know yeah. what was going on. Like they, okay. they, the people who were there, they just needed to know what, where, where they were going to be. Uh, okay. So I don't think there was as much hiding it uh, okay. as, as we might've done with some or, or do with some later stuff. Right. Uh, at least not that I can, not, not that I recall. Usually that's All like right. somebody asks what somebody, somebody will, at least ask me, hey, is this? Are these things okay to redact for for so and so? And I don't, I don't recall that happening here. I feel like we we were kind of like, this is it, and this is. I feel like Peter, something you said a, a bunch about this episode, which I I think is true, is like the the biggest surprise about it, the twist ending of this episode, is that we go where we're telling you we're gonna go. Like we yeah. say, you're you're, and so many people have fake outs at the end, and they don't, you know, they they dodge the tragic ending. Like uh, they, they say, oh, I'm, we're building to something sad, but then there, there's a dodge. And like, this is a true, absolute tragic moment in the classical sense of tragedy. And we go straight for it. So it's, which is, which is kind of weird. Um, but there's not, there's almost not that much point in hiding it, I feel like for that reason, because we're, we, we go where we're going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Except, for, except for the beautiful... It's not. It's probably not. Doesn't rise to the level of a twist. But the beautiful surprise is that uh, is that Michael, your character, goes out on his own terms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. Uh, that he, was the shot. Yeah. 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 That he. That that, in shot. other words, that you don't do. You don't follow the plan. You 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 surprise everyone, including Mike. And you, uh, yeah, no, that's great. The way the way that ending is, and it's gutting. I mean, I, I, it's I, really I heartbreaking. Think I, when we were working on this, I always thought about conversations that we've had, Michael, you and I have had, about Nacho being caught in between these forces and feeling, sometimes feeling, and I think sometimes it's been frustrating for you uh, that you know, feeling he's not the captain of his own ship. He doesn't get to he doesn't get to decide as much as as as. Uh, as, as maybe we'd all like him to, you know, we, we were rooting for him. And so it, I, I, I think that's one of the things that makes that ending so uh, powerful to me is that he does like, like Vince says, he gets to, he gets to, he, he goes out, he, he has to go out, but it's going out in his own a way of his own choosing. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love the way of thinking of it. And it's uh it's in it, Mike, you said it's, it's like you said a minute ago, it is, it's sort of uh romantic and bigger than life uh and it's uh yeah it's it's uh, yeah. it's it's awful i, I yeah. remember we when we when we it, it, that that episode was crazy i mean there were so many like little things that happened that were so strange like i remember i i cut my finger my thumb remember that gordon right oh, yeah. before my first day and i cut the nerves in my thumb while i was Ooh. doing the dishes oh my god and i couldn't and i couldn't shoot the for about a week that was the first thing then the second thing is when we started shooting that desert scene out of nowhere remember that gordon oh i this i remember <laughs> yes this fucking storm yeah just like washes us and we're everybody like starts running to their cars and yeah. we couldn't we couldn't sh- we we shot the the footage on um, Gus's guys on Juan Car- Juan Carlo and John uh, Carlo and 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 Mark Margolis and all those guys and we were about to turn around on Nacho and the storm came 
the, what, what, what that did, what, 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 the reason why that was a blessing is because it changed the way the, the next day I came to set and Gordon gave me a note that completely changed the way I played it. I mean, like really 180, 180 degrees completely different than the way I was playing it the day before. Huh. So that was a blessing. And then when I came home that night, which is insane, lightning had struck the tree right in front of my house. Wow. And the tree <laughs> fell on my, on, on my driveway. And I sent you a picture, Gordon, remember? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. The, and, the, and I, couldn't, I couldn't get into my house. And I thought, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then finally, I get, a, I get a picture from an AD on the highway with a car that looks exactly like Nacho's car. It's not Nacho, the, the, the car that Nacho steals. It's not his car, and I still have the photo, and you're not going to believe this. On the back windshield, the guy wrote in big letters in white, Nacho, on his car. Wow. <laughs> so there, wow. Was all these, there was all these things that were really weird, and I think the note that Gordon gave me completely kind of put, put everything in perspective for me because I, I thought, okay, this is a moment where Nacho kind of takes his power back. And then with the note Gordon was giving me, at first I, I wasn't like responsive to it. I didn't really understand why he wanted me to play it the way he wanted me to play it. And then it, the, it started working. I was doing it and I could see Gordon from the corner of my eye looking at his screen going like this. And he, tur <laughs> and, and, he, and he turns to Jen and Jen's going like this. And I go, this is, this is what the scene's about. And I realized that it, it was kind of, for me anyway, from a, a, a romantic point of view, it was a child to whether or not he really loved his father. And, mm -hmm. and it wasn't so much about them. There were like a couple of things, um, you know, like the ancient Egyptians, they say when you die, you weigh your heart against the feather. And if, the, if your heart is heavier than a feather, then you go to hell. If your heart is lighter than a feather, you go to heaven. And to me, it felt like a trial to me where, I was, where we were weighing Nacho's heart. And for the first time, I think one of the, the first tests was, was he really afraid of these people or was he afraid that they could hurt his father? That was the first real test. And, right. and I think the fact that he walks in with his head high, really looking them straight in the eyes and going, now you have nothing over me is a testament that he was never really afraid of them. He was afraid that they would hurt his father. And the second testament was that he, didn't, he was willing to take the fall. In other words, he was willing to have them think that he was doing all these things that weren't true in order to keep his word and save his father. And then finally, I think the romantic gesture was that he looked at sacrifice as an honorable, brave thing. So he does it on his feet and not on his knees. And he can, in that moment, he can be angry and, and shoot Bulsa in the head and, or turn the gun and shoot at them and they could like riddle him with bullets, but he still chooses to honor the deal and not give away to, not betray his love for his father. And I think that to me is the, is, is the ultimate proof that this character truly, his love was pure. His father's love was 100% pure. And I, and I felt, and thanks to Gordon, I realized, oh, that's what this is. This is, this is kind of like the trial of, did this man truly love his father? And is this why he's doing it? And, and I think he checks every box and, and takes his own life and goes, there's nothing above the love of my father, you know? Right. Gosh. Is damn. that... It, damn. Yeah, no, damn. Damn is right. It, you know what? Somebody somewhere, because this is the way I watch TV shows too, somebody somewhere is going to say, so let's, let's nip this in the bud or let's inoculate this or let's just see what we see, you know, when we ask this question. Somebody somewhere out there listening to this has asked themselves the question, 
how come he didn't just use Bolsa as a human shield and just shoot uh, shoot the cousins and uh, and uh, Tio? You're asking me? Yeah, or, yeah. Or... What do you guys think? Because someone's going to ask that question. I mean, I I, I kind of feel like. Michael just answered that question, yeah. Yeah, which is that if he does that, there's there's no way he could kill all of them. There's and mm-hmm. the cousins also are murder machines. They will <laughs> mow him down. Yeah, that's so true. like he can maybe get Bolsa killed, but if he does that, he knows they're going to take vengeance on his dad. He'll he'll okay. die there, but Good they'll point. kill his dad too. I I, I think point. that the only the one, only way through is for 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 him to be. Mike has given him his assurances. If he does what he's told. If he if he comes through in this, if he's the patsy, that his yeah. dad will be okay, and I think he yeah. can trust Mike that that's something that he will uphold. He can't really trust anybody else here, and I think yeah. it's exactly what Michael was saying: like going through and saying, "All right, I know I have to make this sacrifice because it means my dad's life." I, he he finds a way to make it so that he he does take some agency. He has some agency. He's he's like like you say, he's on his feet, not on his knees. But uh, but he still has to kind of go through with the deal in a way that Gus approves of. Yeah. Also, Mike is watching the whole thing with a sniper rifle too, so there's that as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he but can... I yeah, but I agree, I agree with I mean just to reiterate what everybody's saying. I I really I think it's important. You know, he has no fear of death at that point. Right. So he could do whatever he wants. He could try. He could shoot Bolsa. He could shoot at the twins. I mean, it doesn't matter what they do next. Yeah. He's willing to die at that moment, and 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 in that sense of the, of being of being true to his archetype, which is a romantic archetype, is that he will not break his loyalty to his promise. And his yeah. promise is my life from my father's life, point, period. period. You know, that's it. Well put. Yeah. Michael and, and Gordon, can, can we talk a little bit about the process of submerging Nacho in oil from the, <laughs> the, the, the just being what that oil is, the tanker, the construction of that thing? I mean, I... Yeah. I was lucky enough to go to set this year. I mean, I was I was in Albuquerque working on a different thing. I, I cut a movie that Michael Morris uh, was directing, and we were finishing the movie, and I was sort of just living in Albuquerque, not working on Better Call Saul. I hadn't started yet. And uh, I got to see that set, and it was really something to behold. So talk about the process of figuring out the oil and the tanker and all of that. Uh yeah, that that was a very long process and very difficult. Uh, we started before we started shooting this episode in April, and uh, I think I don't think we shot that scene until May. But we started talking about it in December of 2020. So yeah, we, can can so, you talk about a little bit before you get to that about writing about the, you know breaking that part? I mean, did you always know it was going to be oil? Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we well, I mean. As we were sort of talking about it and we were thinking about that getaway and what that looks like and how he, what he did, we wanted to kind of give Nacho the chance. We, we wanted to put him through his paces on this, this flight. He'd had his shootout and he's, he's kind of disarmed or he's, he's low on bullets. He's not, he's not going to go out. He can either go out in a blaze of glory. He could, he could be, you know, it could be Butch and Sundance. But we felt like he still had that question. It feels like that question of like, what, what, what's going on with my dad? Can my dad get out? Who's like, is anything about that that he he still has hanging over him that he wants to answer? Uh, and then I can't I can't remember who pitched it, but we were we were talking about like farm equipment and things just in a field and you know in the room, and we thought you know oh wouldn't it be nasty if there was just someplace that like 
a discarded oil tanker or something like that, or just something, you know, refuse essentially that he has to kind of submerge himself in, in that like, you know, trial by oil, I guess, you know, but like a near drowning, like what, what, what can we do with it? And, and the image of sinking into gross black oil was just, it was, it was, it was too good to let go. And we kept coming up with different ways to, to hold on to it uh, and have to figure out like what, why is this the smart move? Why is this why is this the last move that he could he could make? Um yeah, but from from very early on in the breaking, there wasn't really like a you know, some people pitched losing that sequence I think at a couple points because it was a very big episode and we were like, no. No, we'll we'll oh, do something. Thank God. Yeah, no. It was like we, we, Thank God gonna... they didn't Thank God they didn't put you in sewage, uh, Michael. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. yeah, that would have been. I I, lo- I loved I loved it. I, I loved the idea that it, it it was like so dark and black. It it really felt like descending into hell to me. It had like um this weird. I always think of I I, I, I it reminds me of Orpheus descending. You know the the he go he descends into hev- into hell and and makes a deal with the devil in order to save his wife or his lover. And the 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 deal is that you she can walk out of this place with you and go back into the world, but if you back. turn around, she turns to stone. Right. And it it felt to me with the again with the romantic idea of Nacho that his father represented his love, and the the deal is in in order for the thing that you love the most to continue living, you have to die. Mm-hmm. You can never get the thing you want. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. And for me, that moment felt like the kind of like signing you know he he was he was immersing himself into darkness into the black into the abyss and from there on there was no going back you know boy you are yeah. such a poetic soul michael <laughs> i i yeah. and and me I'm mr meat and potatoes I, is that a real tanker and what is the oil how did you do that yeah what is all seriously that? The oil is some kind of special effects goop that uh, Werner Heinlein got for us because we knew real, real oil, we, we play this, and Michael, you played it so well, it's, it's toxic. You can't just descend into like crude or waste oil and come out of it. It burns your skin. It burns your nose. It's, it's, it's very bad for you. Don't, kids out there, don't do it. Wait, um, you're saying that's not real oil? It is, it is not real oil. Hollywood's it, so fake. I know, I know. It's Hollywood Man. goop. Uh, it's did water you have to soluble. test that? I mean, were there like I, did, I didn't shoot myself for real too, Chris. What? That was fake too. <laughs> yeah, we, we tested lots of concoctions because we had to test... A, we, we, Michael and I had to do a bunch of tests because first we had to test in order to make sure that the dimensions that we were working with to build, this was a build, our, our welder, Peter Lane, did an incredible job with... with Denise and Steve Brown uh, in construction to, to build this 40 foot long interior tanker that was big enough for us to get cameras in. Uh, the exterior what, that we use on location is a real tanker, uh, but you can't you can't put anyone in there. You can you can barely like even, even t- for, for Michael to even descend into it as he does, as he had to do. We had to cut a hole for safety in the bottom and there was no way to get cameras in there. So we had to build something that is slightly bigger on the inside. The tanker is slightly bigger on the inside than it is on the outside in order to accommodate that. Uh, gotcha. But we, we had to fi- we had but we had to still test. We built some wooden bones of what the the what it was and where the oil level we were pitching would be. So that it, you know, there's a there's a huge materials question. It's 
how much weight can you put in this thing? How much weight can the mm -hmm. stage bear? How much weight can all of these things do? As well as, can Michael navigate and how can he do it? So we had to test all of those things. We tested them one afternoon on our, our construction stage and that big, you know, that wooden thing that we went to, Michael, and, uh, and just tested how his action would be. And then we had to test the materials of the oil goop. We tested, uh, you know, a rig un for you underwater. And then because the oil stuff weighs more, we had to make sure that it was safe both for Michael and for our stunt people and anybody that was going to be involved with it to like go into this stuff and not have the pressure push out so much that it was impossible to hold your breath. Um, because Michael held, Michael does do, he held his breath for a good minute in there because it was that's what we wanted oh was to go in and wow. like hold stay under and and make sure that that top surface level comes to complete stillness and then of course you know we we did some we, we did some cutting to make sure that it it, it we didn't kill him but wow. <laughs> but it was a lot it was a lot of like back and forth and testing these things and we had to kind of and then we only had so many shots when we were actually shooting it uh, oh, to, yeah, to get it right. And uh, oh, yeah. we did it. We did it. But uh, it's, it's, it was tricky because there's like, there's so many pieces and it's a camera movement. And so we tested, we had to test the camera movement with the stunt performer and make sure that his action was right. And then sort of walk right up because the, the resets on this were very, very extensive. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was like yeah. once, once Michael yeah, went in, him off. you can't just throw him back in and run another take. We had to like right. wash him down, dry him off, redress him, put him back in. So it was, it was. And we do the makeup, we do the, 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 the scratches exactly the yeah. same way. Jesus. It was like an hour, at least reset. Oh at my least God. an hour. Minimum. And yeah. then every time you got out, you left footprints. So guys had to get in there and clean out the footprints on the part where there's yeah. hot oil. Yep. Did they yeah. have to do that too? Well, yeah. when he came out, we were what the the coming out. We at least we had to have build this thing, you know. And Marshall also helped us a lot because he built in the yeah. computer a model of this to figure out where our camera ports would be. Right. You know, right. because you had to close one end when you're shooting in one direction, and. You, the, the the amount of, of planning was ridiculous on all for, for across all departments because you had to have a crane. The only really way to 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 do any of the moves or be in there with with Michael was on a crane uh, in one direction, and then if we were turning around to shoot in the other direction, we had to f flip the whole thing and put the crane on the other side and read wow. and fill the. Sh it was it was nuts, but uh, we got it done. How many yeah. gallons of fake oil? Do you remember? remember i think it was somewhere on the order of 40 it was no a, it was no it was it must have been more than 40 gallons maybe I, i'm not well, sure how well, much it was it, it was it was, it was, it was closed off on, on the sides vince it, the, the the so just just to kind of the 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 thing that i jump into yeah. for the for the audience there in the in the in the field is a real oil tanker okay the moment yeah. i land in the oil tanker and this is for the audience who who you know who like cinema then we're actually in a studio. We we immediately go just like Gordon was saying. We're immediately shooting like I don't know how many completely in a different place. We're indoors, and the thing suddenly turns into a wooden thing that that they've constructed. And when I get into the when I get into the oil, there's actually underneath the oil is a, is a narrow hallway, and on the sides on either side of the narrow hallway is actually like a a, a wooden wooden boxes. So the oil looks like it's all full, but the reality is to my right and to my left are walls. So they don't have to fill that 
that empty ah, space. Okay, gotcha. Which also, which helps with both the weight, you know, because it's it, even though it is a, a steel tube, there's there's only so much weight that they that they wanted to put both right. on that and and there's a support structure underneath it because there's clearances for the cranes and all of that stuff. So wow. we had to do that. So we had to limit some amount of weight. And also on that, the baffling, the, the little wooden pathway that you're on uh, for, for Michael, hopefully there was a, there's a, a railing underneath there for safety. So that if you were, if you got disoriented, you could either, you could either hold yourself down. It could either help you to hold yourself down and under or help you to pull yourself out. So oh. we had a, we had that built alongside this thing. So there's really only a, a narrow kind of walkway down the center ah, of the, the, the Yeah. And you and and you can't you can't you can't um, you can't sink in that Vince. It's super heavy. Oh, so okay. the only way to get in is you have to use the ledgers on the side and you have to literally drown yourself under the water, <laughs> push yourself and then hold the ledger to stay underwater or else you float back up. Pull yourself down holding on to these rails the whole time to keep yourself submerged. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, cuz it's it, cuz it's heavy. Did, did Gordon ever, Gordon, did you ever get in this stuff yourself? No. I tried to get him in there. No. Yes. I would have, you know, Michael, I would have, I would have said, I'm not doing this until I see Gordon. Show me, it. show yes. me. That's what they tell actors when a director says to do something crazy. Because show me how. And I, I, uh, but here's, here is where my, my, I have a, I, I have a lifelong excuse. To, I have a get out of drowning free pass because I have a hole in my right eardrum. I can't even go underwater. So oh, wow. no oil wow. for me. Uh, that's that's yeah, true. Yeah, that that's right. True. That's right. Uh, now I feel bad. Yes. <laughs> to bring up the whole the old hole in the eardrum card. I mean, you're not wrong about that. You're. Just I mean, you can still put reason. an earplug, Gordon. You earplug that little hole, and doesn't you can still it. go in. No, it's, no, it's not. It's not. It doesn't work. You know, one of the things that's fascinating though is in a, a scene like this, uh, it, you could just tell. I mean, Gordon and the crew were working on it for months ahead of time. Uh, if, 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 if the director's not on the ball, that can kind of sap all the attention away from the rest of the episode. Yeah. And because just because it's so, it's the one really complicated, uh, really complicated, complex scene and so many levels with the construction and effects and camera. And I think it's a tribute to you, Gordon, uh, especially to that, that, uh, it's, it's a great sequence and it's remarkable but in the tapestry of the episode, it doesn't stand out. You know, there's a, it's, it's a, you're still, you still got play, really amazing places to go still. Yeah. And they're all beautifully executed and the moments are all there and really land. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it I, it, it's also extremely well edited. Joey, you just did, you did such an, an exceptional job with, I mean, not only this sequence, but there's another sequence um, that I wanted to talk about Gordon and Joey, the, uh, the, when they're pulling the scam, uh, the valet scam on um, on, on uh, with Huel when they're when they're trying to uh, mock up Hamlin's key. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about that sequence because there's some there's some some stylistic stuff that is definitely new to the show and and uh, I, I'm I'm interested in, in hearing how how that came about from both from a story perspective and then also uh, just from a from a uh, a filmmaking perspective. Well. Uh I'll, I'll, I'll start with that, if you don't mind, Joey, because uh, I'll, I'll throw to you here. Okay. It'll be a clear, clear spot for it. You can put in a boing there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we started, we obviously we had, we had this big sequence uh, to shoot with this, this 
you know, the scam going off and this, this valet kind of running and cross-cutting and, and so forth. And we knew that we were going to have to build, build this montage. Uh, the, day that we, the day that we were shooting that uh, in the parking structure, uh, we, we also had a rainstorm. We were having, it was kind of, we were hitting an early monsoon season. So we had at least three days that were affected by, by rain uh, on, the, on this episode. And uh, so we were scrambling and we're trying to get it done. And we, I had shot this, the, the one shot, we, we, we'd set up this, this rig because we're in a, we saw the stairwell in this weird, like hexagonal parking structure that we were shooting in. And I was like, Marshall and I were like, well, we got to figure out a way to just run a rig so that we can descend through the stairs. It's just, it's just sitting there. It looks so cool. And so we didn't know what, I didn't really know what we were going to do with it. I'm just like shooting what I can. and just like, ah, okay, let's just try. Okay. And I throw it and I'm, and I write, I remember that night, I, the first thing I did, I was like, Joey, I don't know what we're sending you. I hope, <laughs> I hope there's something we can be done. You got to let me know how bad it is. And like, did, I don't know if we made the day really. That's what I you just, always want to hear. Right. This, this <laughs> was, was like, like, this was your only, I feel like panic moment you had with me though. Uh, I'm sure that's not true, but that's nice of you to lie for me. But I, I said, I was just like, I don't know if we made the day. Can you tell me, can you put, can you look at this when you, when you're looking at this and just tell me like, I know we're going to need to do pickups. We just, you know, it's a montage. You're probably going to need to pick things up. How much do we need to pick up? How bad are we off? Like how, how far behind are we? Uh, And then Joey sent me back and I'll, I'll let Joey, I'll let you talk about how you, came to this but joey sent me back a couple days later he's like all right i took a, a a rough whack at this just to see what you think i tried some things and i i looked at it and i was and i i started i was like oh my god and i just started laughing because it was not a way that i had thought to use the footage at all and was like this delights me <laughs> so so joey if you i don't know how you how your process with sort of getting the stuff and thinking that through but i i would like to say there was some grand design going into it, but it was literally, I wanted to try to find a place to use the descender specifically. Uh, and the, and the back and forth between the van and the valet running up and down the stairs, I couldn't find a spot where that going back and forth to that shot made like it kept it energetic or kept the pacing up. So I was watching the shot and just thinking about the sequence. And I just started to notice the concrete, wiping the camera uh and it was literally just i don't even know if this is gonna work and i spent about an hour and a half on it because i had finished everything else for that day um and then i i just didn't tell gordon about it and he asked how the sequence was going if we had enough stuff and i just sent it to him but like didn't warn him at all i said i tried a little something just see what you think are you guys talking about cross-cutting between the, the descender, I guess, going down and the key being cut. Yeah, like white, yeah, wiping the screen between yeah. between the stairwell and. I thought I thought you meant to do that, dude. You shouldn't cop to. You no, should. no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna give Joe. No, Joe, Joey deserves the credit for that. I I I just was like, this is a cool shot, and I felt like we could figure it a way into it. And Joey turned it into the wipe, turned it into a wipe, and that sort of made me go, "Oh, you know what?" And then when we were working on it on on the director's cut, it was like, "Let's just let's just make a bunch of wipes here." And so we kind of turned Dude, it into the style up, of the whole thing. And that's straight, straight from Joey. That I thought y'all straight up did that on purpose. So you, yeah, yeah, it was definitely found found in the room. Good for you, Joey. Good <laughs> Thank for you, you. Man. Hell yeah! Great, yeah. great job. It, so Joey, how do you? I mean. 
how do you do something like that? This was existing footage and you, you, you grab just a piece of it and then you track it through up and down through the frame. Is that, how do you do that? You, yeah, you essentially put a hole in the frame. So as the, the stairs are passing by the screen, you're, you're getting rid of the bottom half of the frame to reveal like the key cutting underneath of it. So as soon okay. as the, the screen wipes, we're in a different shot and then, I have the shot still running underneath of it all to keep the pace of the descender consistent. So okay. I didn't want to just wipe wipe on one shot and then wipe it off to the other. Like the pacing of the the shots changing is the pacing of the guy going down the stairs. Wow. So it, the entire thing has sort of like this clock running underneath it to make sure it stays consistent and I do remember at one point we made a change and it took about 20 minutes to remember how to change anything in the sequence because just the the timeline is a mess after getting that thing to work but i i i'm really glad it it made it all the way through and i i think it's a really fun moment and it's the the closest i got in my two episodes to like a a a better call saw montage so i really wanted to try to it's awesome make make my time count there let me tell y'all all, all people who think editing should be a, a invisible, <laughs> yeah, all, all this editing, oh, it's invisible. <laughs> uh, if you if you can't hear on the microphone, Kelly is using an expletive, <laughs> and she's she's expressing uh, the very justifiable uh, frustration and uh, and and anger that a lot of uh, a lot of us in the editing trade have at um, you know some. Uh, industry attitudes, which is definitely not an attitude on this show. I mean, I yes. feel. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's it's a hell of a it's it's a hell of a cool moment. It is. If y'all don't mind, I, I'd really like to go back. Um, there's so much in this fucking episode. God damn it! But when I watched this episode yesterday and I watched this teaser, I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go, you know what? I'm not even going to question this teaser because I know that this thing is going to come into play later. I'm not even going to question, I've been with y'all too long. But what I've been thinking about also, and looking at my notes, I've been thinking about all the wonderful metaphorical things that were happening along with that teaser, which to me personally symbolizes the journey and then the sacrifice, the sort of funeralish flower maybe, I don't know, the rain cleansing or crying, all those things, but also bringing the prisoner into his final cell where to me it was represented by bringing him back in the truck, you know, and and bringing the prisoner back, the last meal that was happening, you know, and then, you know, all of those things, which I just thought were, I didn't, I didn't catch them as, they went by, but in reflection of the episode after I watched it, it was, it, it was laid out so beautifully. But also, I'm curious with Michael, and I asked this on the other podcast, on the 602 podcast, but you weren't there. So, because I asked Vince, I said, at what point does, does Nacho know? At what point does Nacho, is Nacho figuring this out? In the hotel room, he's figuring out somebody's watching and at some point, he's also figuring out that he's being double crossed, that he's being set up, right? And then, you know, when we were talking before about the call to your father, 
So in your uh, looking at the arc of these three episodes and your sort of being prepared as a performer, as an actor, um, how did you look at all of this? And at what point do you think that Nacho knew, A, what was, being, what was happening to him, B, what he was doing, uh, you know, as far as being set up and how he was going to get through it, and then also um, realizing that this is what his final moment needed to be? Yeah. Wow. That's a, you know, a lot of things that you said in there, I resonate with tremendously. Um, When I, when I was finally, I auditioned and got this part, I watched Breaking, I was watching, I was halfway through Breaking Bad. I started watching Breaking Bad when I, when I found out that they were interested in me. I, I, I had watched the ending of Breaking Bad with my father by accident and then when I found out that, and I wanted to work with Vince, because I saw the name Vince Gilligan after every, those last two episodes, I go, this guy's fucking great. And I go, I, I, and, and I, was, I remember thinking it would be a dream to work on something like this. And then two or three weeks later, I get an audition and I see the name and I go, this can't be, this can't be happening. So anyway, so I started watching Breaking Bad. And what made that show so special was when you watch it attentively, you realize that everything is, it's like, it's like, um, you know, like in, in, the, in real life, you ask yourself, like, is there a meaning to this? You ask yourself, like, a coincidence, like, for example, the tree crashes in front of my house and I go, what the fuck? There's got to be more to life than just coincidences. What's great about art is that you can choose there to be more to life. In other words, when Breaking Bad, everything is really connected. If you pay attention to, you know, the, 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 the switch of the light in Better Call Saul means something. And there's like, a, you know, a whole 10 minutes on, on just why would he switch the light? And um, everything is connected. So the, the world of symbolism is incredibly heightened if you choose it to be. And it's the same thing with the camera, with the cinema, you, where you put the camera and how you show the world. You can have an uh, incredible amount of geometry and meaning to to the world you can bring a, a lot of that and that i think to me kind of being a huge stanley kubrick fan as well um kind of started i think and not just me i think all the actors on this show we couldn't we can't help but look at everything through the eyes of symbolism and meaning and it puts you on this incredible journey of like even like the flower that that gordon picked was a purple flower in the script and to me, purple was the color of enlightenment. It was the crown chakra. And then the flower in the motel room was also, I think, a purple flower. It was named after a flower. You kind of start looking into all this symbolism. Sometimes it's intentional. And sometimes it just, it's just the actor kind of uncovering all that stuff. Mm. So we were, we, while we were shooting it, we were very aware of the symbolism of like the last meal. And, and we had talked like endlessly about I wanted, I didn't want him to eat with his hands. It was so important for me that he would eat with a fork and a knife. And Gordon was like, well, he can't have, it can't be metal. You know, it has to be plastic. It can't be a weapon. And it was really important for me that he put salt and pepper because it's not about substance. It's about enjoying this meal. So there was so many stuff like that. So that's, that's the question of symbolism is definitely there, I think, in Gordon and I's kind of... Um, approach to all this stuff and then in the in terms of when he knew that he was set up I know there was a scene I think Michael told me it was cut it was a really small inserted moment and I think it, Michael told me it was cut for time but when Nacho gets into the hotel 
I don't I haven't seen any of the episodes, but I know that he opens the episode he opens the the fridge and there's a lot of sports drinks initially in in the script. And Michael and I were discussing that that's when Nacho starts thinking, why is Gus being so nice? Mm. And and I think that's when Nacho in episode 1 is when he starts thinking like why is this guy you know stacking my fridge up with drinks and food? And uh, this isn't this something's off, but he has no other alternative than to take a leap of faith. And the leap of faith really isn't in Gus. I think it's in Mike. I don't think Nacho respects Gus at all. I mean, he respects him as an intelligent guy, but I don't think he he respects him on a moral, virtuous side at all. Yeah. But he does respect Mike. So he says, Mike's in my corner in that camp, and Mike is. I'll take Mike over any of the Salamancas any day, and I'll take Mike over Gus. But, you know, this is something going on here that doesn't make any sense. I, I think towards that, I, I hope you're going to like the take that we picked for your... There's the line you have which is Gus is like, I give you my word. And you say, you are not the one that I need to hear it from. Oh yeah. And it's so the, good. The, you, it's just so scathing towards him. It's just <laughs> so full of just venom and like, and, and not just venom. Like I'm angry at you, but just like you are beneath my contempt. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's great. Oh, good. Yeah. It was fun. It, it was fun. I mean, Nacho play you to play the character of Nacho requires tremendous amount of generosity because you're, you're constantly playing the other people's status, you know, like you, you have to be afraid of Gus. You, you have to be afraid of the Salamancas. You have to give so much of, of, you have to relinquish so much power to play that character. And that was a great lesson for me in, in, in acting and in, in generosity and in, in, and in intensity and intention. You know, you realize you, you need to do that to make the scene work. So it was, um, it was a great learning experience. Gordon, yes. I have a question about the shot. I th- I think it's after it's after he's back in the warehouse and I think he pours a drink and he looks down to the drink. It's sort of a a three image shot of it's a up shot. It's a three. It, there's three images of Nacho. I, I think it's him oh, yeah, when he picks glass. up the glass, yeah. when he picks up the glass. Can yeah. you can you talk? I don't I, look. Other people might be interested in how you did it. I'm curious about what it means. Sure. I mean, uh, to me, you can say both, but that's what I would like to. Uh, sure. Know. Well, I'll, I'll start with what it, what I think it means, and it's the it's the moment of we, we wanted to kind of. It felt too literal for for us to look down and see the broken glass that happens in episode two, that is in that waste basket. It just felt like that was. That's it. That's it. That's it. It felt like that's too. What it, was. It, it felt too much like a, a previously on. <laughs> you know, to, to include in the show. And so we were, we kept talking about it and we wanted to come up with a, an oblique, but hopefully poetic way of saying, Hey, Nacho is looking here and there's an idea here and we don't quite know what it is. It's that it's an, it's an episode out or it's an act out. So it's like, he comes in, he's been beaten. He's just been, he's at his lowest point. He's Gus is, has been like, Gus has made him sort of just recite this thing that, that he's, he doesn't want to say. It's a lie. It's a, it's a complete lie, but it's the lie that he needs to tell. He's been, Mike's beating the shit out of him. And then he sees this, this glass and, and we, we're looking up through the glass and it, it, it kind of fragments him in a certain way. That's, that was what the hope was, that the idea would be you'd see this through the glass and it would sort of both both fragment Nacho in a poetic way that you'd kind of see this character kind of 
breaking, but also his intention is really clear. And so we're like, mm. where are we? It's a, it's a hopefully an evocative image that makes you go, I'm not sure what he's thinking. I'm not sure where it's going to go. And so that when in the next act, you see the reveal that he's taken a piece of that glass that he, yeah. you know, that Gus... Gus leaves him alone and isn't watching him because he he thinks he's just beat. He sounds like he's just beat and and he mm. neglects to think maybe there's some steel left in this kid and there is. That's the first thing we shot, Kelly. That that scene is the very very first thing Gordon oh, and yeah, I shot on that episode. It was. I don't know. Yeah, that's it was, a very, it that was, was gorgeous. And like I said, I wrote in my note uh, my notes specifically because you know me, I like to know you know these all of these. It, you know, the show is very, very, very special in that way. So I like to know all these metaphorical things. Would you like to know how we did it? Sure. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, uh, we did it. We, we were running. It was a very complicated shot to get on the day. So what we did was, we, and we were, we were running out of time on the night. So what we did is we shot Michael clean in the location as a plate. Uh, so we got his performance and we could, we could lay it in and we, we, you know, we worked it until we felt like there were that, that we were getting what we needed, Michael and I. And then, uh, two weeks later, uh, we had a, a day, luckily we, we ended up having a day that was mostly inserts and detail work because of the schedule of the, the production. And we had a playback operator with a series, with a screen and a camera rig with the glass in front of it, shooting the screen of Michael projected over it. And then it, it, it was, it was, we were using the screen and just ran the loop. And so we could adjust where the glass was and adjust exactly where he was moving wow. and where, where it was gonna fracture oh, wow. uh, on the day because wow. we couldn't do it. We weren't gonna be able, we, we, it would have taken us three hours to do it if we had to work both the performance and the technical stuff uh, and we didn't have that time on the night. So we, we had to break it into two parts and kind of figure them out separately. Wow. That's, so, that's so, fantastic. That's that awesome. is. So it's a shot of Michael on a TV set. Yep. Wow. On a TV screen. Wow. Yep. That's cool. That. Hey, talk about the teaser. Is that, is that really outside or what uh, that, how do you, how'd you do that? Uh, no, that was, um, that was being shot at exactly the same time that we were doing the oil. So symbol in that same way that there were a lot of strange resonances, we had this sort of image of life and image of rebirth kind of shooting on two different sound stages. So what we had to do in order to have control of the rain and control of when the rain came and when, you know, when that camera moves were, were happening, um, we needed to build gosh, I don't know how big it was, probably 40 by 40 feet, maybe, mm. uh, a, a slice of desert on stage with a big uh, green screen <laughs> behind it and a rain rig that we could control. Uh, and then we had a, uh, a motion control rig that uh, we, it, it's, it, 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 there were a lot of difficult shots, but that shot uh, took us two days to prep because you have to, for every, tiny move or for to smooth out the move you're keyframing things so if you want to go if you want to make a curve you can't just set the beginning and end point you have to set like a bunch of points along the way to smooth it out uh, so uh, jordan sloven and i at, uh, were kind of go working with the motion control guy to we kept testing the move and it, he'd, he'd be like let me show you something i think it's something i think this 
And I'd be like, well, this is moving too fast and this is moving too slow and this, is, this isn't hitting right. And then in the end, once we programmed that all in, you know, it's a matter of getting a take where the rain reveals the glass at the right point. We had trouble making the glass be buried, but then the rain showing it up. Uh, Gosh. So it took a couple top tries, but we, we got it. And then when we got it, uh, when we got it, we, 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 uh, uh, we jumped. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, yes, oh, because it's this huge, wow. it's this huge endeavor. And between takes like resetting the, the, you know, like resetting Michael when he was oily, we had to uh, reset the dryness of the desert and we'd had to dry it out. So I was kind of bouncing back and forth between the oil setup and the, 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 the desert to try and dial in what we were going to do. Uh, with those two sequences. Wow. I, I, I wanted to get three quick things in if I can before that we, we, we wrap. Um, the, the first thing is just on the imagery. Remember, Gordon, we, you know, Kelly was talking about it, about the metaphysical imagery of everything. In that oil tanker, we were talking about how coming out of the oil tanker, he goes, he dies, he goes into hell, and then he comes out like coming out of the womb mm -hmm. when he comes out and then he pukes and then you kind of, he cleans himself and then he has no more, um, no more need for anything material. He gives away all the money to the. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that was a uh, that was, and then he's wearing white. And even if you notice on the shirts, there were little crosses. If you zoom in on Natchel's shirt, there were crosses. Oh, I love that shirt. Yeah, yeah, and then and then he and then I and Vince was kind enough to allow me to keep one piece of jewelry, which was the the crucifix on on yeah. Nacho's, um so these were all kind of images we were working with. Yeah. But I also want to give a, a, especially this is my last episode on the show and my last podcast on the show. I, I have to give a huge shout out to the crew. And I, I really, 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 really have to. They were, you know, the, I, I, got, I, I had an opportunity again to, to play the, the role of the lead and be responsible and, and, and sort of try to make everybody feel good. But they gave me more than I could ever give anybody on that episode i remember the day we that nacho gets you know his uh, sacrifices himself they were all all the ad's were wearing nacho shirts that they had bought with their <laughs> own money Gosh. and and they and they had like uh, tear tattoos on you know on the other uh, crew had and oh, wow. and they were they Gosh. were so so supportive and the character meant so much to them it it really made me feel um unbelievably grateful so just lewis um Mayin, nathan um rich and all the other ad's and, and everybody on the crew um this episode really for me is is a gift to you because you've you've made me feel so um so good on this show so so the, the whole our crew is, is honest to god i think the best crew not i don't think it's the best crew i've ever 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 worked with on anything by Yay. far it that's for sure yeah I, and i think you know it, to, towards what michael is saying the, the and again another shout out to the crew it's just it's easy i think sometimes to do some of the complicated stuff if it's like you know you're on the stage but we had them we drag them to hell <laughs> you know we we drag <laughs> them we drag them through rain when we were uh the oil field, the exterior, the, the exterior of the tanker, the first half of that, the first day we were there, it, it rained us out. And not to, not only did it rain us out, but one of the crew was like, 
oh, I just saw a four-foot snake crawling out of that ditch. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're dragging him through snakes and rain and all of this stuff. And all they really want to do is be there and, like, get the shot and, and, and make the yeah. show as good as it can be. And they do. And they're, you know, that's... You can... I, we, we, you know, not, hopefully we don't abuse them for it, but they, they, they are really incredible in terms of how yeah. how tough they are and how how t- how tough they are combined with how great of artists they are. Yeah, really. And, and Ash, Ash and Sherry too, and Ash, Ashlyn especially, she did my makeup throughout the whole thing, and and Sherry as well, who 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 who, who was supervising everything. But Ash, you know, the every we had so many resets. Remember, Gordon? I mean. And the and we had to get every little scar, every little scratch right every single time, and it mm-hmm. it, it when you watch it, you you basically never want to pay attention to it, but they they've done such an incredible work with the makeup department to really I mean I, they, we had more than thirty resets and it, and the, the you know the makeup kept evolving and it, so the and and then Jake the the key grip just sent me a text the other day. So, honest to God, a huge shout out to this unbelievable crew. Really, uh, gosh, Gordon, I mm. so this is the second thing you've directed. Yes, this is your second episode. Yes. Wow. How was the experience from? Uh, how was it different doing it the second time? Well, I learned the the biggest thing that I learned from the first time was that, and this is something Peter you you told me, and I I didn't quite inter in in uh, internalize it properly, which was that I was not going to sleep. <laughs> and uh that sleeping was going to be bad and i the first episode i didn't know what that meant and i didn't know how to kind of deal with it and so i was just like just strung out on coffee and and exhaustion and this time i didn't sleep any better uh but i wasn't panicking about the fact that i wasn't sleeping so i was like oh this is okay i you know i'd wake up in the middle of the night and then i'd go do some work and then i'd watch tv and then i'd snooze for a couple hours more uh, so that was, that was a huge part of, and it sounds stupid, I'm sure, but it's, it was such a big change, not in my neurosis. I was always going to be tense and, and worried and feel like, you know, I was fucking up and not, not being there for everybody. But, um, at least I was not also panicking about the fact that I hadn't slept. <laughs> oh my God. You, you were amazing. You were amazing, Gordon. You really, really were honest to God, really amazing. I think you were, you know, you, you, you always say to me when we were shooting, he's like, I, I'm more comfortable writing than directing. I think you're an incredible, really incredible director. So very I, ho- I hope you direct a lot more. A, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. This is a good, talented, this is a good spot for the talented. Boeing or the Auga. <laughs> throw throw no. those in here, Joey. I definitely, I would echo what, what Michael just said. I mean, it, it, the, the, there's so many like really nice, f- like filmmaking touches, uh, in, yeah. in the episode. And, and, uh, I, one that I know we have to wrap up shortly, but I, there's one in particular that, that we were talking about at the office the other day, which is the, the scene with, uh, Kim and, uh, Erickson, it's a, you know it's a very long dialogue scene that is two people talking and Kim oh, yeah. uh, Kim as as uh, as usual is betraying v- so little with her face um and uh the the this the, uh, the staging that you did uh is is really smart because it's never boring 
you're you're always engaged the way that you moved Erickson around and the way that you shot Kim's face uh, it was it was a really really nice piece of directing and and, and staging in that scene absolutely and and how great is Julie Pearl I love Julie yeah she's so she's good so good and, uh, and she just obviously like, Ray's great Ray, yeah, Ray is fantastic yeah. too and Ray yeah. is fantastic like Julie has this incredibly long piece of dialogue to do there and she had to keep going through it and kind of, you know, okay, now we're going to be doing it this angle and this piece of it and this part of that whole sequence. Um, Because doing that much movement meant that we couldn't, it it wasn't simple coverage. We had to get a little bit more coverage Mm -hmm. than we, than we might. Um, And we had to like kind of wait until the end to turn around on, on Ray and like, know that she was going to be there for us which of course she was uh but julie is julie's fantastic and she had uh, like i said just reams of dialogue to go through this whole pitch that she's giving and you know she just she just nailed it so i was very grateful to both of them joey and i were talking about that that shot that shot where ray where kim it, it is revealed to her that that lalo is dead oh man the subtlety that's captured in her face. Cause she, she, she's clearly going through a million different things, but she can't reveal any of it, but we need to know that she's feeling it. It, it is, that right. is like a razor's edge. It's such Perfect. a fine line, but yeah. she, she was able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to know what a pro Julie Pearl is, go back and re-listen to the podcast for episode 408. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, uh, that's all I'll say. Go ahead and listen yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I gotta say, to also as as a writer, um, I'm so glad, or whoever decided, but Gordon, you wrote this. I'm so glad that you let uh, Nacho tell Tio that he did that. That was. Oh great. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah. That was yeah. awesome. I was like, no, he did it. No, he did it. Whoa. <laughs> Because awesome. it was so funny because I was like, hey, wait, I did. Oh, wait, I, I remember that. I did that scene where he was doing. I remember that all of that. And it's like it was just kind of. Did you know, cut that? You cut that, Kelly? Fun. You cut the pill switch scene? I cut the pill switching and I also cut that montage. Yeah, that montage. That was one of my also, favorite training. moments. Also oh. where he did it in the parking lot. It was like, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. But the fact that he told him to his face, yeah. to everybody was there. I was like, man. And then I did not expect you to shoot. I did not expect Nacho to shoot himself. Oh, I was like, that was something. Wow. It's such and a you great haven't, scene. And Michael, you haven't seen any of this yet, right? No, I haven't. And, and you know, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but there's a part of me, I'm debating whether I, I will ever see it. Well, <laughs> I just got to tell you, I, I just think it was so ballsy artistically of Gordon and Joey to do your entire dialogue at the end without, without ever showing your face. Just oh, good. Showing the reactions. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, that, that didn't happen. Definitely, that. definitely didn't happen. Michael, were you, were you on the clouds? The show. Some it is like hero. That's my middle name. It is, it is a beautifully, beautifully done scene. Ha, you, have you guys told him that we VFXed off all his clothes? <laughs> you look great. Just, you look I great. Mean, great. You look great, but... Hey, I got a question. When you were talking, Gordon, about the, uh, it just occurred to me, when you were talking about the shooting of the glass in the, in the, in the trash can and stuff, that's like almost a foreshadowing to what Walt does in, in the, in the Breaking Bad pilot. I mean, when he gets the plate out and he Mm. uses it to stab crazy, I'm like, 
or you know when he when he puts the plates together it just occurred to me i'm oh, like, I like never was that, that a thought or is that just me just kind of like all of a sudden just i don't know i think we we kind of thought about we we did think about uh broken glass and broken plates i think do you, do you recall that specifically coming up in the room vince or peter i don't you know it, yeah. it, you know I don't, the internet's I, going yeah, I don't recall it, do but, it. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just, uh, you have some of the same people, uh, in the room. Hopefully, hopefully it feels like a rhyme and not like ripping ourselves off. Yeah. We just like oh, breaking I didn't get shit. That either. No, it's, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. We like breaking shit. I think that's the simplest, the most honest way to put it. Absolutely. Breaking, breaking bad. Oh. <laughs> uh, breaking no, you shit. know, like I always think we come up with stuff and then the internet or rather, I mean, the fans, uh, tell us what it means i i, I mean I, I i'm not even being glib i think that's the way it is for a lot of filmmakers you know you 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 tell a story you tell it the best you can and then it gets interpreted by hopefully you have fans luck if you're lucky enough to have fans especially fans like we have and then they they interpret it and they kind of tell you what you what you came up with and you're i, I more often than not i'm eternally surprised and and i and and grateful because uh, you don't even know what you're doing half the time. You're you kind of you you're going through a, an abandoned mine with a little bic lighter, and you can only see an inch or two in front of your face. And then the fans kind of look at it from thirty thousand feet and figure it all out. It's it's kind of wonderful that way, actually. Oh man, I got to go watch these again. I'm so mad. I only have five of them. <laughs> well, you'll you just wait. Um, you guys, I thank you so much for doing this, taking the time on a on a what it turns, looks like a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Sunday. And uh but yeah, it, I, this has been such a fun conversation and and uh and Michael I I you know, I I think I speak for everybody and say that how how heartbreaking it was for to yeah. see Nacho go but but to hear your perspective on how you built the character and how you built those moments is it was really really illuminating and and, and very very touching and beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you guys, Peter and Vince, uh, for the opportunity. I, I, um, it's coming to an end, and and I really feel like I, I, I went to school here, and I, I got to learn on every single level so much things that will change my career, and and in doing so, change my life. So, I am eternally grateful for to the both of you, really deeply. Thank you. Uh, We're grateful to you, man. You brought you brought it every (laughs) single second of every single day. That's true. Every scene. I I I I definitely think we've learned a lot from you for sure. Absolutely. And uh, we love Nacho. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's what this what makes this episode so painful. But it's great to see you. You guys, Nacho. (laughs) Nacho may be gone, but Michael's still here. Still kicking it. Yes. Thank you guys. <laughs> it's it's we're lucky lucky to have you on the show, my friend. It yeah, did just a magnificent job. You know, and again, as as always, uh, we've said this about uh, Aaron Paul to start with and and uh, many other uh characters and actors as well and you 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 absolutely are are, t- are among the I mean, your tops on that list is this is a, a character who we we uh we show. Actually, you appear in ep- in the second episode and you know, way back in season one, and and we didn't. Safe to say, Peter and Gordon, we didn't we didn't know <laughs> Nacho would be this important to the show and last this long. And 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 it's uh, same with Ray Seahorn. And it's just it's credit to you being doing such a wonderful job and and being so 
watchable and charismatic and heartbreaking and you know it, it's very just as easily it could have been that uh, Nacho was you know in a couple episodes of the first season and we never saw him again but you 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 made yourself indispensable thank you for that thank you all right and then thank you uh thank you all for listening and and for watching the show and uh I just want to thank and Joey uh, thanks for recording this and also for cutting the shit out of this episode. Uh, it's such an awesome job. Thank you. Uh, and it really, it is, it's the, it's as Kelly says, the place where dreams come true and, um, you know, it keeps happening. So, uh, and I, I want to thank Mike Behrman Trout and, uh, and Chris <laughs> Sullivan for no reason in particular. And, uh, until next time, uh, Michael, you know, something that we do on the podcast is we will have one of the guests kind of take us out with their, their best like Bob Odenkirk style Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, yeah. So would you yeah. if you would do the honors and uh, and take us out? Uh, you Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yay! Awesome. Yay. <laughs> this is the best work I ever done. <laughs>